You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Welcome back to Time to Revive. My name is Mark Bird. I'll be the host again. And as promised, I have another very special guest on the line with me today, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. Well, I think it's Hilliard, actually. Joel Penton, folks, is on the line with us today. And Joel has agreed to just share what the Lord has been doing in his heart, in his life, and in his ministry. And again, you know, for those of you who wonder, well, I don't really have a ministry. Well, if you crack your Bible open to 2 Corinthians 5, it'll say that we all have a ministry of reconciliation. Now, I know that might seem like a long church word. (laughs) It's multiple syllables, but here's the deal, man. It just simply says, if you have been reconciled to God, then he wants to reconcile others through you. And we have been given a ministry of reconciliation, and we are what he calls ambassadors for Christ. And so, Joel, thank you for joining us and welcome to the program today. Thank you for having me. And I didn't realize you were going to be referring to 2 Corinthians 5. That's one of my all-time favorite or most meaningful passages. I remember memorizing that uh, that passage about it being ambassadors for Christ and the new creation uh, when I was in college. So I'm excited. Speaking of that, Joel, uh, for those who don't know, and you know, we'll ask Joel to share some of this, but he's currently working with a ministry called LifeWise Academy, uh, working all through Ohio with schools and that. Joel has worked at FCA before. He's married to Bethany, and I believe you have five children, Joel? That's right, five children, ages 12, 11, 9, 7, 4. That's exciting. And Joel, I've got five children as well. So I know that drill. It's a fun one, man. Joel, also you studied after high school, you attended high school in Van Wert, Ohio, and then you studied at the Ohio State University. And that was quite a ride, Joel. It was quite a ride. I, uh, well, I majored in communications there, which I now get to utilize with the speaking that I do. But, uh, most people, when they're asking me about Ohio State, aren't asking about my studies as much as the fact that I did get a, the opportunity to play some football at Ohio State for the Buckeyes from 02 to 06. And Joel, you were a three-time state champion with the Ohio State Buckeye football team. Th- three-time Big Ten champion at Ohio State. And then, it, yeah, in my freshman year, when I was Richard, we, I was there in 02 when we actually won a national championship as well. It was a I was very blessed to be a part of some pretty special teams with some special guys and a special coach and Jim Tressel. Amen. And your senior year, Joel, you won the Werfel Trophy and uh, you were also a four-time All-American, right? Well, I was a four-time academic, all Big Ten selection. And uh, yeah, I won that Werfel Trophy as a senior, uh, which was pretty special. In fact, to this day, I go uh, once a year to the ceremony where we award that to the next winner of the Warful Trophy, which is award an award that is given to a guy who exemplifies great community service as a, a student athlete. So, yeah, it was a real honor. 
Yeah. And, you know, the reason I wrote that down and the reason that I brought that up, Joel, honestly, is because I read that that community service piece is so important. So, again, we've been talking about this for literally weeks now about this lifestyle evangelism. And people get this strange, funky picture in their mind whenever they hear the word evangelist or evangelism, right? And they're like, oh, no, they want me to go stand on a soapbox on the corner and preach. No, we really don't. But, you know, Joel, I love this because this award was surrounded by community service. So obviously, Joel, you were a part of serving your community. And that's what you won an award for. And what a a better opportunity to be a witness. You know, Acts 1.8, we've talked about this a lot. Jesus said that we need to be a witness. And that's really what it boils down to, Joel. And you, you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was, um, as you talk about lifestyle evangelism, and for me, I always felt from the time I came to faith, uh, and I came to faith as a freshman in high school, I just always felt compelled to, to share that with others, um, you know, because I, I thought, why, why not? Um, this is what I'm excited about. <laughs> this right. is what I care about. And so why wouldn't I share that? One of my favorite authors and speakers is a guy named D.A. Carson. And I've heard him use this phrase a few times that uh, when we have the opportunity to share the gospel in our everyday lives, that we are no more than poor beggars telling other beggars where we found food. Amen. And that's, that's ultimately what I see as the opportunity. And, and so when I was a student that was with my teammates and classmates and just sharing what God was doing in my life, you know, because I was excited and I would love to see that happen in other people's lives. And, and then, yeah, for me, it did lead to ministry and it did lead to speaking on stage, but, but that's not the majority of my day. Right. And so, and along with that does come the uh, servant mindset, you know, because it, it manifests in our lives. I, uh, with my five kids, we have a little catechism that I've made up <laughs> and yeah, I teach cool. them. And one of the, and so it's all these questions and answers that they memorize from the time they're able to speak, you know, before they even have any clue what they mean, you know, right. uh, just to, to get the, to get the wood on the pyre. And uh, I have one that says, why are we kind to others? And their, their answer is because Jesus was kind to us. Mm. You know, when, when you, when you realize that you are simply a poor beggar who's been given this gift, then it kind of changes your perspective. And you think, well, what else am I going to do, but serve right. others? You know, I don't deserve, I don't deserve this. So I want to, I want to live this out. That's so good. You know, I was, I was thinking about this. I was reading the other day, Joel, and And I was reading the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five, but you you know, what was interesting about that, what stood out to me in all of it, and you just hit it, you like punched that button. And like, when I was reading through that, the Lord just kind of highlighted this word kindness. If everybody on the program listening right now, you'll know that the world is not really being very kind right now. So just that alone. And when you talk about community service, Joel, that you've been a part of, you've lived, you've embodied. But when you just talk about kindness, men, the world is going to turn their heads immediately because the world's not kind right now. And you know, how simple is kindness and how much do we take that for granted? But yet it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. That's a fruit of the spirit. That's evidence 
of the Holy Spirit working in our lives to give us the ability to turn around and just be kind to somebody. Without question, it's, now it's interesting that you bring up the fear of the spirit. I just so happened to, my, my pastor at our church in Hilliard, he got sick with COVID. And so I got a text to preach on Sunday and I didn't have anything prepared. I ended up preaching on that chapter in Galatians on the fruit of the spirit, but I did the full chapter. And right before that, uh, Paul talks about the acts of the flesh. And there's a list of 13 to 15 things he mentions about the flesh, the acts of the flesh. And I went ahead and I was like, you know what? I feel like these are kind of, I could kind of categorize these a little bit. And I, yeah. man, I realized they've kind of fallen into some categories and five of them are in regard to interpersonal conflict. Wow. So things like fits of rage, uh, factions, uh, those types of things. And what the point I was making to the congregation was like, holy cow, is there anything that better describes what's going on today? Right. And this thing of interpersonal conflict, how quick we are to become enraged by people who have different views or different thoughts or whatever. And that was a large point of the whole talk was before we post that message on Facebook, before we make that comment, before we whatever can we put that, that's of the flesh, let's put that away. And yes, kindness, just simple kindness does get people's attention today. It does. And, and you know, can you be an evangelist by being kind? Absolutely. I'm just talking about the things that we take for granted, Joel. And because the stigma is that you have to be a pre, well, you know what? I'm not an evangelist. I couldn't get up. I couldn't have my pastor call me and get up and preach a sermon on the fly like that. That's what some people think, right? And I get that. We're all gifted differently. But listen, what'll turn ahead is an act of kindness. You've heard this thing, Joel. I'm sure lots of churches and people have adapted this thing, random acts of kindness. And so it's like, hey, you know, you're in a drive through line at a fast food place or whatever. And gee, I want to pay for the car behind me. It's a random act of kindness. Do you think that gets people's attention? Like all we're trying to do is to open doors to allow the world who's so preoccupied with all the unkindness to realize that God is alive and God is a work in us. And the kindness that we have or that we can muster up is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And man, Joel, just as every week happens, I didn't plan to talk about this at all, but the Lord and the Holy Spirit just kind of put it on my heart and here, boom, because you and I didn't talk about the content of this at all, like I never do. But the Holy Spirit just said, hey, go to that thing, man, because it was like a hot button when I was reading through Galatians 5.22. It's like kindness. Wow. I haven't really ever meditated on that. And then here you preached on it. So it's amazing what God's doing. Joel, I want to move on a little bit. And I want to ask you, because you primarily evangelize, if I can use that term, in schools with young people. That's your heart. That's what God's called you to do and equipped you. Can you tell us a little bit about your heart in that, Joel? 
Sure. Well, we, we launched a ministry. Uh, well, to back up, I, like I said, I played football at Ohio State. That did create a lot of opportunities for me to speak. And I, t- I took up every opportunity I could. I enjoy I enjoyed even as a high schooler having the opportunity to share uh, the gospel with a group of people, because for me, it was just math. If I can share with a, a group of a hundred, why not? You know? Amen. Um, and so then coming out of college into the small platform I had as a former Buckeye decided to get right into public speaking. However, I didn't want to simply speak in Christian gatherings and, and nothing against Christian gatherings, right. but, but I thought, you know, I, I want to share the gospel with those who haven't heard the gospel, who don't know Jesus. And if, if a, a church that wants me to speak, if, you know, if I'm not available to speak, you know what, they'll, they'll find another Christian speaker who I'm sure will do a good job. However, how can I get to those audiences that may not have this next speaker may not be a Christian who's able to share with them. And so pretty quickly we zeroed in on, the public schools who bring in speakers all the time to speak to their students. I remember being in school and hearing speakers. And so we developed a very simple strategy in the early days of having a daytime school assembly where I would speak on character issues, on uh, decision-making and bullying, you know, kindness would be kind of one of the topics, Um, but on character. And then we would have an evening outreach where students could come back and hear the gospel and our ministry is called Stand for Truth. It exists to reach unchurched students in public schools with the gospel. I think my heart was drawn there because I remember being in high school and being a teen who was very immersed in the public school and the world and wasn't thinking much about God. And then someone shared the gospel with me and it and it pulled me right out of the world and, and gave me a new life and I became a new creation. And so uh, we started that way back in 2007, right after I graduated from Ohio State, and the Lord has really blessed that. We only in, kind of intended for it to last for a, a couple years. Uh, however, more and more doors kept opening. We now have a team of speakers that travel all over the country, and I believe we've been in over 3,000 schools in front of a couple million students Great nationwide, God. and that's the the kind of approach we, we have taken from the beginning. But then a few years ago, we got introduced to this really amazing concept that has been around for decades, uh, but we didn't know anything about it. And it's called released time religious instruction, which is the little known practice of students being released from public school in the middle of the school day, which is wild. In the middle of the day, students are released from school to receive religious instruction, Bible education, as long as the program is off school property, privately funded, and with parental permission. The the Supreme Court actually ruled this as constitutional in 1952. Wow. And now more than half half of the states in the nation have laws about release time on the books, but very few people are aware that this is really possible. And, And I found out because people in my hometown of Van Wert, Ohio, started a release time program in 2012, to their surprise, 95% of the public elementary school students, over 600 students enrolled in the program and are now taught the Bible every week. They are released from school. They walk to this, um, they do it in waves in a couple classes at a time, but they walk to this adjacent property where there's an educational facility and local Christians teach them the Bible. 
And in 2018, that group came to me and said, hey, Joel, we have this amazing program that is really impacting students. 95% of our kids are in it, even though only a third of them attend church. You know, why doesn't everybody have this, a program like this? And so in 2018, we started crafting what would become a plug and play replicable program that any community could implement. We provide all the tools and resources and training, and it's called LifeWise Academy, which is Again, that kind of program, a release time program that any community could implement. And it is really starting to get a lot of traction. We, we did a few pilot programs in 2019 and 2020. And this year, we are actually launching over 20 new school districts all across Ohio, also in Indiana. Now we're in 35 schools, over 6,000 students every week in LifeWise Academies are um, being taught the Bible. And so in any case, sorry, that's a bit of a long-winded answer to your question. No, no, no. That's exactly what we want, Joel, because I want people to hear what's going on. The biggest part of most of this, Joel, is just awareness. So again, when you're talking about lifestyle evangelism, Joel, like, can you get behind? And, and, you know, we, we precluded with this saying about the community service thing, like with the Werfel trophy, because, because you were dedicated and it was recognized that community service was something that you were about. And so evangelism, right, can come through community service. And you know what, Joel, maybe you're, you're not able to become a teacher through LifeWise Academy, but you can get behind it. And this is what oh, yeah. I want folks to begin to realize is get on board, get on the train. However God calls you to use your hands, your feet, Sometimes your mouth, you know, Joel, like you and I, we talk, but you know, God is calling us to get behind this stuff because it's really about purporting the gospel. And here's, here's the concept we all know. And we've heard about the great commission, but here's the thing. What are we doing to not only fulfill the great commission, but what are we doing individually as believers to finish the Great Commission. I wonder if people think about that. Could we potentially see the finish of the Great Commission? Jesus said in Matthew 24, once the gospel goes out throughout the whole world, then the end will come. We could literally see the Great Commission finish, Joel. Yeah, that that is exciting. It's inspiring. It should drive us all as we wake up every morning. As you talk about kindness and community service, yeah, I mean, li- living the Christian life and, and lifestyle evangelism, it is exactly that is lifestyle. And LifeWise Academy, kind of part of the purpose behind what, creating it is we, we understand that the kingdom of God is not about a program. You know, it's not about a brand or a program or a, you know, a particular ministry, but it is meant to be a practical tool for people in communities, you know, if there's listeners who are looking for what are the, what are the boots on the ground, nuts and bolts, practical things I could do. And it fits exactly in with that thought of community service, kindness, and intentional evangelism. Because the truth is, Mark, that students in our public schools, I think everybody's aware of this, are hurting very, very badly. The numbers on mental health, on family dynamics, on suicide, on all of that, and the way they inversely correlate with 
church attendance and professions of faith, um, you know, as those things have church attendance, professions of faith, biblical literacy has gone down, all of the things like mental health has deteriorated and character development and all those things. And so th- what people don't realize is that school administrators, teachers, they are now at a place where they would really, they welcome anyone and everyone who wants to come alongside of them and invest right. in their students. You know, for years, I had this weird dynamic when I would go and speak in schools. I, it's cool. I, I would like speaking in school and I'd speak in a church, but I'd hear this really interesting dynamic that I'd hear ad- administrators say, like when people weren't listening, they'd say, Joel, you know what? These days you can't just educate students. You have to be their parents as well. And then I would go and I'd speak in a church and I'd hear church people say, boy, I really wish they'd say, it's cool. You're getting in the public schools. I really wish we could influence the public schools in some way. And I saw this crazy thing where it's like these administrators want and need anybody who will come and help serve with them. And all these people who think that there there's doors are closed and there's walls that are up. And so Lifewise Academy is in part this very practical bridge between those worlds. The law has allowed this. The law has created a way for the church community to come alongside the school. Students can be released and taught the Bible and we can invest in character and mental health. I mean, as you're sharing the gospel with these students and giving them hope and giving them light, you know, it changes their hearts and changes their lives. And so in any case, we're just trying to create practical tools for people like your listeners who say, hey, how can I get involved? Like, what are the specific things that I can get start doing? That's perfect, you know, and uh, the the one scripture that I wrote down before I talked to you today, Joel, uh, was out of John 21, and it's interesting, starting in verse 15, and it's a very familiar passage of scripture, but it, to me, Joel, when I thought about this, and based upon our uh, just couple of conversations that we've had, this jumped out at me today. And verse 15 of John 21 says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You know, it's interesting, Joel, because when I think about that, that's exactly what you're talking about, tools to feed the sheep. When you think about sheep, we think about lambs, you know, little little lambs. What are these students in these schools? They're little lambs. And like you said, they're probably not getting Christian education. They're probably not getting anything at home. Joel, I can't imagine what you see and you hear as you present to these students and what a great need it is. And this is a great opportunity to be a part of lifestyle evangelism. Again, you might not be the speaker, but you can get behind this because we 
legally have the right to do this, not just in America, in some Bible Belt community. No, everywhere we have the ability and the opportunity to go in and share the gospel, finish the Great Commission, if you will. So, Manjul, time flies. We have just a couple of minutes, but I want to ask you just to kind of summarize, kind of wrap up your heart, Joel, as you've listened and you've shared, but what else would you like to leave with the listeners today, Joel? Well, as you talk about evangelism, maybe the thing that I want to encourage people is to not look at you know, when we read the word of God, and I haven't said this in my sermon on Sunday, you know, we need to, we do need to look in the mirror. The, the word of God is a mirror. But as you're thinking about reaching out to others, take your eyes off the mirror a little bit and don't think about yourself per se, but think about others. Don't feel like you need to be a perfect instrument because guess what? You're not going to be. Right. Uh, don't think that you need to be some sort of, you know, master the art of persuasion or something because guess what? You're, Nobody's that smart. The truth is that God does something mysterious as we interact with others, as we are salt and light. And even as we speak his word, there's something mysterious and spiritual that happens that the Bible says it's a seed that is buried and it somehow grows and sprouts and to, into new life. And right. we don't know whether whether that's the seed that's going to grow up real fast and die out. We don't know if it's the seed that's going to be eaten by the birds. We, the, the person scattering the seed doesn't know that. Right. <laughs> but but they're faithful in scattering the seed and trusting God to, to give the increase and, and watering the seed. And so if at all possible, don't think about self-consciously about how am I going to sound? How am I going to be perceived? All those things. Think about the person that's sitting across from you. How can you love them? How can you share with them the hope that's that's inside of you? You know, how would you want somebody to share with you if you didn't know Jesus? You know, you can just be real and, and don't worry about yourself. Think about that person. I think that's perfect, Joel. I think that's a, a great cherry on top of this. You know, and what I just heard you say is you can be kind to them. You know, it's funny. We keep coming back to that kindness, but man, what a powerful display of God's love. Because again, it's a fruit or evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we can just be kind of hers, we don't always say the right things, Joel. You and I, who have shared the gospel for years and years, we don't always say the right thing. But the beautiful piece of it is, like you said, we may be just sowing or watering, but the Bible says that God gives the increase. And he says the one that waters and sows, they're nothing. The only person that is anything is God who brings the increase. So, Joel, thanks again, man, for carving out time for us to jump on here to encourage the listeners. And, and dude, I hope that we can have you back on. I was like, I just blinked and the time's up already, which happens every week, you know, but we do have a lot more to unpack because this is a big deal. And uh, the time is now. So friends, tune in again next week, and we'll have another very special guest, as I do every week, and you will be encouraged. And I pray, Joel and I pray together, for those of you hearing this program, that you'll be encouraged to just reach out, be kind, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Time to Revive. 
Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.